Welcome to the Air Medical Today podcast. My name is Edward Ero, and I am your host for episode 31 on June 10th, 2020. This podcast is part of the Eero Podcast Network, podcasts that inform by focusing on both the news and the people behind the news. With each episode of Air Medical Today, we explore a specific area of the air medical industry and community through the use of interviews. You can find Air Medical Today on the web at airmedtoday.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The podcast is also indexed on iTunes. For additional information about the guests on the podcast, I also provide background data on the Air Medical Today website. If you would like to become a sponsor and or leave feedback, please write to webmaster at airmedtoday.com or call 612-367-6052. Today, I am interviewing Mr. Brian Shaw, the president of the National EMS Memorial Bike Ride. Before we get to the interview, I want to go over some feedback from previous episodes and provide some general updates. With all that is going on with the COVID-19 pandemic and the protest from the death of Mr. George Floyd at the hands of the Minneapolis police, I have not yet received any feedback from episode 30. If you have not listened to the interview of Mr. Jonathan Bunt, you may want to as we discuss dealing with the stress of COVID-19 and the death of Mr. Floyd. Jonathan shared a wealth of information that I'm sure you will find very useful. Also, to help with the cost of all the work I am doing in bringing news and information and the podcast to you, I would welcome your financial support. If you or your company would like to be a sponsor, please contact me at webmaster at airmedtoday.com. I am delighted to have on the podcast today Mr. Brian Shaw, who is the president of the National EMS Memorial Bike Ride. We are going to talk about the history of the ride and also special plans for the rides in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Brian has participated in the National EMS Memorial Bike Ride since 2012 and served as the vice president from 2015 to 2017. He has been serving as the president since 2017. His full-time work is as the Deputy Director of the Emergency Medical Services Institute that oversees EMS operations for the Pennsylvania Department of Health in 16 counties, which includes 300 licensed EMS agencies. His office is in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. From 1995 to 2008, Brian also served as a part-time flight paramedic with STAT Medivac. He has his Bachelor of Science degree in Applied Science from Youngstown State University, majoring in Allied Health and minoring in Criminal Justice. I had the pleasure of getting to know Brian when I became a board member of the National EMS Memorial Bike Ride in 2019. Welcome to the Air Medical Today podcast, Brian. Oh, thanks, Edward. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. Before we talk about the National EMS Memorial Bike Ride and how you became involved, please talk about your current position with the Emergency Medical Services Institute. What is the relationship with the state of Pennsylvania? Uh, What types of things are you working on? And how has uh, COVID-19 changed your work uh, with EMS in Western Pennsylvania? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's kind of hard to believe I'm, I'm getting ready to enter my 30th year as a paramedic uh, for something wow. that, uh, you know, back in my college years and got involved in a paramedic program. And I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do this, but uh, wasn't looking to make it my full-time career. And then uh, here we are 30 years later, and, uh, you know, I've been blessed uh, working on ground ambulance, uh, aircraft, uh, stat medevac, and in my current position, which is the Emergency Medical Service Institute, we're a regional EMS council here in Pennsylvania. Uh, we service 16 counties in western Pennsylvania for the Pennsylvania Department of Health Bureau of EMS. Mm-hmm. So while, while individuals kind of see us as a regulatory agency, uh, we're an ext- extension of the Bureau, State Bureau of EMS office. And, uh, you know, we oversee training and certification, uh, emergency preparedness, uh, operations, and EMS agency inspections. So you do, and, uh, you know, do like the inspection we, of ambulances and so forth? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. yep, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, to, to, ensure regu- to ensure regulatory compliance. And uh, we oversee 16 counties in, in western Pennsylvania, about 11,000 EMS providers, uh, working for about 300 licensed EMS agencies from our QRS agencies, Firebase, to 911 and non-emergency ground ambulances, critical care ground ambulances, and then air medical providers. So you do, yeah, the air medical. And um, are, are you part of the state, funded by the state? How, how does that work? Yeah, yeah. so in Pennsylvania, uh, the state EMS office has a very small uh, staff. Uh, so everything is contract. All the field work is contracted out to, to regional offices, and there's 13 regional offices uh, throughout the Commonwealth, and with each one of them being 100% funded uh, from, from the Bureau of EMS. And uh, interestingly enough, in Pennsylvania, the EMS system is funded from moving violations, uh, oh. specifically uh, uh, seatbelts and seatbelt fines. Uh, so every year, while the money has been kind of consistent uh, with the amount of fines being written uh, or the number of fines being written, our money continues to decrease uh, because at the local magistrate level, a lot of these uh, fines and and citations are thrown out or or pleaded down. So it's very interesting uh, from the Commonwealth standpoint that there isn't a line item in, in the state's budget to fund the EMS system that we rely on uh, moving violations from the law enforcement side. So, so it's not just seatbelt, it, seatbelts. It's uh, uh, speeding or or other types of things too. Well, well, in Pennsylvania, they cannot uh, pull a driver over just for a seatbelt violation. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, they have to be uh, the point of contact has to be another violation, and then if there's not a seatbelt being worn, then uh, that's a twenty five dollar fine, and that goes into what's called the emergency medical services operating fund. Wow. So when you ask about how things have changed during COVID-19 uh, with the, the stay-at-home order that Pennsylvania has been under uh, starting back on March 15th, there's been very little traffic. In fact, at one point in the uh, first part of uh, May, the traffic on the Pennsylvania State Turnpike was down 70% compared to the same time last year. Oh, my gosh. So with less, less traffic, yep. there was less uh, interaction uh, with law enforcement. So we're very concerned of what that's going to do to the emergency medical service operating fund going forward and how that's going to affect 
the EMS office and money that trickles down to EMS agencies across the state. Right. And you said you're in a July 1 budget year, so is that something you'll find out then? Yeah, and we're not sure what that's really going to look like. You know, I think every state uh, across the country is trying to figure out what their budgets look like and what the the financial impact of COVID-19 has been and the trickle-down effect of that from tax base uh, to liquid fuel tax. Uh, A lot of municipalities in Pennsylvania rely on what's called the the liquid fuel tax, uh, and that's what uh, trucking truckers pay uh, a percentage for every gallon of fuel it purchases goes to maintain roads throughout the Commonwealth. And once again, since uh, travel and, and uh, trucking was reduced so much during COVID, we don't know what that trickle down effect is going to look like going forward. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really everything. I mean, if you look at the number of people out of work, you look at income tax and, and everything to, to support um, government programs. I mean, states yeah. are, states and, are going to be in trouble. Yeah. And, and, you know, take for college kids. You know, look at college kids that come home to work at amusement parks during the summer or yep. the local pools. So the local pools, the county pools aren't opening, amusement parks aren't opening. So it, it, it's a great trickle-down effect that I don't think anybody uh, foresaw uh, back the 1st of March when uh, COVID first uh, uh, came on the horizon. Are, are things loosening up now in Pennsylvania? They are. Uh, Pennsylvania... Uh, didn't close the entire state at once. Uh, they did a phase-in period as uh, positive cases uh, compounded through different counties. And, and that's exactly how the reopened the state has been a phased-in uh, effect uh, based upon uh, case counts. Yeah. I was just reading an article this morning. Um, you know, some of the states that didn't follow the directions and opened up too early, they're seeing uh, cases spike now, Arizona being one of the states, and Texas now too. So it's um, it's real, um, but it is causing havoc with our economy for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. Um, one other area, I noticed that uh, you had worked for uh, Stat Medivac. Uh, tell us about your experience as a, as a flight paramedic. Yeah, so, so I started the Stat Medivac program uh, back in 1995, and I spent about uh, 13 years uh, working on the aircraft. And a uh, very enjoyable experience, uh, as I'm sure that uh, you saw yourself there. Yes. And, uh, uh, you, you know, I, I came in at the time that the industry was seeing great growth, and the Stat Medivac program had grown from uh, five aircraft to about 18 uh, rotorcraft uh, while I was there. And we also had a fixed-wing program. Uh, you know, at that time, the Stat Medivac program, supported by the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, UPMC, right. is a world-renowned transplant center. Um, so uh, back in the 90s, we had uh, patients coming from all over the world to come uh, for liver transplants in, in Pittsburgh uh, with uh, Dr. Thomas Starzel. So uh, Stat Medivac, uh, we were tasked with uh, bringing a lot of those patients in. So not only uh, did I get a get to experience uh, work in local uh, rotorcraft, but uh, we did a lot of fixed wing, uh, international fixed wing flights uh, from India and Japan and, and uh, you know, even uh, upper parts of Canada and, and, and all over the world. And, uh, you know, it's way different, uh, you, you, you know, treating these patients on these long distance flights that are sometimes 24 hours in length uh, with your stopovers and, and crew swap outs and so forth. 
but yeah, it was just, a, it was a great experience. Uh, you know, I loved the, the aviation uh, standpoint of it and, and uh, treating the patients uh, that we saw. Yeah. Stat, Stat's been one of the, the leaders in, uh, air medical, uh, transport, uh, for sure. The, known a uh, number of the people there, including Doug Garriston now, you know, who's on the uh, Association of Air Medical Services board uh, that I serve on also. And, uh, you know, really good program has grown. And then just the whole uh, Pittsburgh UPMC, the number of people that have come out of that uh, program to, to be in other areas of the country, it's just amazing. So that's uh, really neat that you have that background. So let, let's get into the uh, National EMS Memorial Bike Ride. Uh, you became involved in in 2012. And how did you first hear about it? So, so ironically, uh, through the Regional EMS Council that year, uh, they had a wellness initiative. And part of the wellness yeah. initiative is, is I became involved with uh, uh, a committee to put together a 5K run and walk. And uh, it was really to get EMS providers to get out, get moving, get, get healthy, uh, and get physical fit. Mm-hmm. So we decided to have, uh, we we're looking for a benefactor of that and through some fundraising. So, so we chose the National EMS Memorial Service. And uh, so one of the committee members uh, ran into our then state EMS director, uh, Joe Schmieder, and asked him if he would come out and participate in this 5K. And uh, at the time, Director Schmier thought it was a great idea. He said he'd love to do it. And he, and he said, you know, in fact, a, a couple of weeks after that, I'm gonna, he was going to participate in an EMS bike ride that was going to be in eastern Pennsylvania and asked us if we would reciprocate and come out and participate in the bike ride. So when your state EMS director asks you to do something, <laughs> uh, after he's doing you a favor, you think, okay, we can do this. And yeah. I, I really wasn't. You know, I'd rode my bike some in college, but, you know, at that point I'd been out of college, you know, 20 plus. And, uh, but he told us that it's like he was going to do it for three days and it's like 60 miles. So two of my good friends and I thought, ah, we can do 60 miles over three days. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's no big deal. We can get ourselves ready to go. And so he, he gave us the link, the, the sign up and everything. And we signed up and, Originally, we were just going to do two days, and we're like, well, the third day is the last day of it. It goes into Washington, D.C., so let's just do all three days. You know, 60 miles. How hard can that be? <laughs> and then we sign up, and, and we saw, like, the first day was 80 miles. Yes, and the second, second day was 79 miles. And then, like, like, hold it. This is, like, more than 60 miles a day. What did we get ourselves into? <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, so once again, Director Schmieder come out. Uh, the 5K was a big hit, big success. We 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 raised several thousand dollars for the memorial service. Yep. So then it was off to this EMS Memorial bike ride, and so we loaded up in a trailer. You know, we drove all day out to Eastern Pennsylvania, and then uh, the riders, uh, we met up with them like at their morning stop. And, and Director Schmieder had recruited about 30 or 35 providers from Pennsylvania to join the ride, and so we were waiting at this EMS station and. Eventually, all these riders start coming in, and, and there's about 90 of them. So still didn't know what we were into, uh, but we left out there a- as a group uh, out of the EMS station and uh, driving to, riding through this town and just seeing uh, uh, the, the, these people that we have become friends with, the camaraderie uh, going on, and, and just the sound of 90 or 100 cyclists clipping into their, their pedals and then down the road we're like well, this is a lot of fun and by the end of that day 
we were hooked. Yeah. Uh, we just had a great time and you, and you know, as a cyclist, what, what it's like to be, be out there uh, on your bike and, and in a group and, and interacting. And, uh, we, we were by the end of that, like I said, by the end of the first day, we were hooked and it was just, it's a great group of individuals. Uh, and, and we started to learn about the mission and, and what it meant, uh, to the, to the providers, to the EMS honorees, and to the families of, of those that we had lost. Yeah, it's uh, that's a great story, and I, I think so many probably have had very similar experience. Mine was the same in 2016. I thought, well, this, you know, I should, you know, take a look at this. You know, people had talked to me about it, and I just signed up for like the last two days of the Midwest ride, and. You're right. The first day, you're just hooked. Like, this is just amazing what we're doing. And then stopping, you know, at the EMS agencies and them welcoming you and even, you know, hospitals and stuff. And uh, and, and then the recognition of, uh, of those that have passed. It was just, you know, combined so many things uh, for me. So I had a similar experience. I was hooked on the, on the first day. So how did, how did you... Uh, Knowing that it wasn't just sixty miles, did you were you able to get through all three days? And we, we, we did. Yeah. We actually got through all three three days. There, there was four of us that rode, and uh, two of my other friends had gone out and bought new bikes. In fact, all of us bought new bikes uh, before that point. But uh, they bought they bought hybrids. I bought a road bike, and in retrospect, the road bike was the way to go. Yes, uh, <laughs> just from from the gearing standpoint yep. and so forth. There, yeah. Uh, but as we started to meet, uh, you know, uh, friends on the ride, and, and they were telling us about what they had done prior to getting to Pennsylvania, and they'd been in New York City, and FDNY had loaded them all on a fireboat in Lower Manhattan yeah. and drove them over to Staten Island, oh, and they were showing us these pictures of riding this uh, big fireboat with 100 bicycles on it and stuff. And we're like, man, that's really cool. We're like, uh, we, we need to do that next year. Next year, we need to add another day. So. The following year, we did four days, and we included uh, the New York City trip. Yeah. And then the year after that, we're like, you know what? We're in for the whole week. You know, the <laughs> East Coast route, seven days. Let's let's just do all seven days. And uh, but it's funny, even after the first year, uh, you know, we're kind of looking at the organization and uh, all, all the the support personnel and uh, the way they ran things, and we're like, this is really cool. Like all these folks from across the country coming together to do this. We're like, we don't want to be involved with it, but if you want to hear some suggestions, here's a couple ideas, and here's some contacts we had in Pennsylvania that we could help help yeah. you to uh, increase participation and organization and so forth. And uh, my friends kept saying, whatever we do, we don't want to be part of the organizers. We just want to come out and enjoy the time. So, so yeah, so my friends, uh, they just come out and enjoy the time, and uh, now I'm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, what happened to you? You got. I guess the, yeah, <laughs> I guess I opened my mouth a little bit too much. Uh, you know, I now serve as the president of the board. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. So in, in, I guess in 2015, I was asked to uh, by two different individuals to uh, run for a board position, and the one that asked me to run uh, as the vice president, and the other was the board position, and I'm like. No, no, I just, I got too many things going on. Uh, my boss here at the office was very supportive of it, of it though, and thought that, you know, that would be a great thing to do. And so eventually I agreed, and I thought I agreed just to run for the board position, but they 
put me on the ballot as running as the vice president. Wow. So my first year elected to the board, I came in as the vice president of the organization. My gosh, you went right uh, from not wanting to get involved. You went right to right to the executive committee and everything. So that's yeah, that's fantastic because you've been what vice president for two years and now what three years as president or in your third year as president? Correct. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Yeah. Third year so, as president. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, coming in. Um, just in the last uh, year or so, it's uh, it's amazing organization. You've provided really uh, excellent leadership to things, so it's uh, I'm really proud to be a part of it. Well, we're happy to have you, and uh, I appreciate your comments there. But it's uh, as you know, it's truly made up of even outside of our our, our board of directors. Yes. Uh, so many other participants uh, have input and help with planning and, and routes and support and so forth. Yeah, it's incredible. And that sort of segues to the one of the questions I want to ask you. So, you know, tell us a little bit about the history of, uh, you know, the National EMS Memorial Bike Ride. And, you know, it's the celebrating the 20th year. Um, you know, who all was behind it? How did it start? Yeah, so, so it started, uh, you know, like I said, this 2020 was supposed to be our 20th year. And uh, while we've been physically derailed a little bit by uh, COVID-19, uh, we're not letting that stop celebration. And, and we'll talk about some plans to keep our, our participants involved and, and you know how we're going to do that and how we're going to continue to honor the fallen. Uh, but yeah, if we go back really 21 years ago, uh, there was a group of EMS providers from the city of Boston and from Worcester uh, EMS, uh, Worcester, Massachusetts, right next to Boston. And at that time, the National EMS Memorial Service was held in Roanoke, Virginia. Yep. And uh, one of them had a, a wild idea to say, wouldn't it be cool if we rode our bikes to uh, Roanoke? And the other one says, well, I don't have a motorcycle. And, he, and, <laughs> and as the story goes, they said, we're not talking about motorcycles. We're talking about pedal bikes. Yeah. Uh, so one thing led to another, and about 10 of them said, let's make this happen. So with not a lot of planning, uh, and a little bit of support, uh, they started off with that. And uh, lo and behold, they made it to Roanoke in time for the Memorial Service. Uh, they're a big hit. Everybody's talking about it. And as time went on, uh, a lot more interest, uh, and they decided to officially you know, start the National EMS Memorial Bike Ride. So the following year, uh, was 2001, was the first official organized ride where they opened it up to outside of Boston and Worcester. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and they probably had about 50 or 60 participants that first year. Then of course, in the fall of uh, 2001, we all, you know, 9-11 hit. Uh, so the following year, it really grown exponentially. You know, there was such a, uh, a need for patriotism in our country at that time uh, that, the, and it really took off. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, tr- traditionally has always been, uh, was Boston to Roanoke. The Memorial Service for a few years moved out to Colorado, so they, they terminated the ride in the greater D.C. area. As, as participants started coming from throughout the country and, once again, enjoying the ride, uh, uh, making new friends, the camaraderie, uh, and honoring the fallen, there was interest in creating additional rides throughout the country for those that, had challenges in travel. And uh, we, we know that it takes a huge commitment uh, to come to the East Coast. You know, the ride seven days, but 
you, know, you have a travel day before, a travel day after, there's orientation day. So now, you know, individuals are gone from 10 to 11 days mm-hmm. for the seven-day ride. And, and we know that there's very few individuals that have the luxury of being able to do that. Yeah, so in addition, the East Coast and then a smaller group started riding from Kentucky uh, to West or to Washington, D.C., and meeting up at the East Coast. For a few years, the memorial service was moved to Colorado. So then uh, they started a shorter bike ride in the Colorado area to coincide with the National EMS Moral Bike Ride. Mm-hmm. And then we had a group uh, from the Midwest in uh, St. Paul, uh, Minneapolis, uh, or Minnesota, to uh, to get that going. And then uh, the West Coast, uh, which starts in, in Reno. So, uh, so now we have five uh, rides throughout the country. And really, we went from one ride to five ride in a matter of about six years. Yeah. What is um, now the East Coast is still the the biggest as far as participation, right? Yeah, from a participation standpoint, uh, the East Coast is the largest. Uh, we average about a hundred cyclists and thirty support personnel on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best part about our events is you don't have to be a weekly rider. You don't have to come for the entire week, no matter yes. which route uh, you participate in. You can come for a day. Uh, or a couple days in the middle, at the beginning, at the end. And, and I tell everybody that's talking about it, I don't need you for a whole week. I just need you for one day. Yeah. Because once I have you for one day, <laughs> you're going to be back for the whole week. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a really good point because uh, some people will say, oh, God, I, I, I can't cycle that far. Or I'm not that good of a cyclist. And you know, it's really open to a lot of people. Even if you wanted to participate the whole time, it doesn't mean you have to ride the whole time even. You know, you can, there's plenty of uh, vehicles that, you know, can help you if you you don't feel like you can go up the big hill or whatever. And so it's really open to, you know, not just, you know, good cyclists. I mean, it's it's open to really anybody or people that just yeah, wanted yeah. to help too with the ride. Yeah, you don't have to be an Olympic cyclist to uh, right. come out and participate with our with our event. Uh, you know, we have SAG vehicles. SAG stands for yep. support and gear. Uh, you, know, you know, because a lot of folks coming to the events, they're not coming with their vehicles. They're coming by, you know, you know they're flying in or you know, they're Uber, Ubering in. Right. So there's a place for the, your luggage. So we, we have specific luggage vehicles. So we're always looking for individuals to drive the luggage truck or the luggage van. Uh, individuals to help out with with lunch stops or, or lunch breaks and, yep. and so forth. Uh, and, and there's no shame if you've put in 20 miles for the day and your backside just isn't feeling it, or you're feeling your backside and you need a little break and you want to jump in the SAG vehicle for the next 10 miles or to the next rest area. There, there's no shame in that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the only shame there is is not coming out at, at all. Yeah. Uh, because really, we're out here to to honor our fallen EMS providers. And uh, that's the only shame is, is not doing that. Yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. You know, just come out. I, I've told people that come out for one day, do two days, and, and you, you do. You become hooked uh, with it because mm-hmm. it is such a great uh, experience and it's just so wonderful with to be with a like-minded group that's uh, doing the, the same thing. So... Yeah, thanks for explaining the different uh, routes and how they uh, developed. Um, there's a, where did the whole Muddy Angel name come from, and what is a Muddy Angel? Yeah, that, that's probably one of the most difficult questions to answer. 
I think anybody, and let me back up, you know, we consider anybody who participates with the National EMS Memorial Bike Ride, you become a muddy angel. And, and I think once you participate, you understand what it is. Mm-hmm. But for those that have not participated, it's very difficult to explain what a muddy angel is. And I'll kind of start with the name first. Uh, Steve Barry, who's a very well-known EMS columnist uh, throughout the country. Steve's from, from Colorado, and yep. Steve was one of the early riders uh, of the EMS Moral Bike Ride. He picked that name up, uh, and after one day of riding in the rain, and people were all muddy, but then they were, were honoring the fallen. And someone says, a family member said, you're like angels. You're, you're angels to me. Yeah. And then someone else says, yeah, but we're all muddy. <laughs> well, once you add muddy and angels together, all that name somewhere else in some other industry, uh, Steve's like, I've seen that before, but I like it. So Steve, Steve actually coined the phrase muddy angel. And, and once again, our, our, we're just not fair weather riders. Um, and so, you know, through any of our routes, through uh, snow and sun and rain, uh, we're out there turning pedals. So uh, some, sometimes we do end up a little muddy. Um, Where I, I know the uh, East Coast ride is uh, usually plagued by cold and rain, too, which, uh, you know, the first couple of days I've, I've heard stories on that. Yeah, with East Coast uh, being in, in the middle of May, we've had everything from snow flurries <laughs> to uh, 92 degrees with uh, 100% humidity. So it's a whole range of, of temperatures there. Yep. Yeah, I know that Midwest ride. I've been on this. Always, usually get some rain, and that's that's hard when you're wet and wet and cold. But again, there's plenty of uh, support the whole way. So, mm-hmm. um, there's a what is called a Muddy Angel Fund. Uh, how is how is that money raised, and what is it used for? Yeah, so so our money, our, we kind of call that the Fallen Angel Fund. Um, so what we're doing is our participants. We ask them to fundraise. It's not a requirement. Uh, there are other rides out there where you have a minimum uh, fundraising requirement uh, in order to participate. The National EMS Memorial Bike Ride, we don't require that. We just want you to participate and to honor the fallen. However, we request uh, uh, fundraising. So, so that money goes into a fund that allows us to uh, sponsor other not, other events, but to make sure that we're using that money to honor the fallen. And uh, you're going to see there, we have a big press release coming out here in a couple of weeks uh, with our partnership with the National EMS Memorial Foundation. The Memorial Foundation is working to build the permanent EMS memorial in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And they're well on their, well on their way. It's currently in, it's been approved by the, by the president, uh, the president of the United States has signed off on it. National Parks has signed off on it, and they're currently in the design and building phase, and they're under a tight time frame uh, to, to complete that. Uh, so you're going to see some financial support uh, uh, behind that National Memorial, a place that the East Coast and the Southern routes will be able to end, and a place that anybody from throughout the country will be able to visit uh as a memorial service for EMS providers who've lost lost their lives in the line of duty. Excellent. Is is there money too available for individuals or um, folks that have lost a loved one? 
Yeah, so originally, uh, that's how the Fallen Angel Fund uh, was put together. Uh, you know, there was a small endowment there uh, mm-hmm. that for those that, that died in the line of duty, there was a small grant program. And uh, r- recently, that endowment had been used up. And then uh, we started this fundraising campaign to uh, support the, the foundation. I see. I didn't realize there was that was part of an endowment. Um, so what uh, I know, you know, ringing the bell and saying the names of those lost um, at the stops, and there's posters with all their names. Um, when did that start? Or was that always part of the ride? Yeah, that, that that was always part of the ride uh, from from the early uh, from the early years, and uh, where the the bike ride is different from the memorial service, the memorial service, and then the memorial foundation, uh, they'll honor EMS providers who have been killed in the line of duty. For the memorial bike ride, we honor any EMS provider who has lost their life, whether it's been in the line of duty, right. complications from the line of duty, or totally not related to, to a line of duty death. And at least once a day, uh, typically we have about 80 uh, honorees on an annual basis. And then every day uh, our participants take turns uh, memorializing them. And we memorialize them by reading each name and then uh, ringing of the memorial bell after each name. Um, what we also do, you know, everybody submit or applications are submitted for each honoree, and we go through, we vet vet the applications, make sure the information is correct, we have correct pictures and spelling and so forth, and a little bit about that individual. So then we allow our members, a lot of times, uh, that there's a participant who, who knew the, the person who passed away and can tell us a little bit about them. Uh, sometimes we meet up with their family members. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other times you're just reading what we have on the card from some submission. But our, our goal is by the end of the week is that every honoree has, has had their moment uh, in front of our participants and that our participants learn a little bit, bit about each and every one of our honorees. And that's and, on uh, each yeah. ride too, right? I mean, all, all Correct. five yeah. rides. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and the other thing we do is every honoree, we print their, their name and information on a dog tag. Mm-hmm. And every one of our riders rides with a, a dog tag for one of our honorees. And actually, they ride with two dog tags, uh, duplicate tags. At the end of the route, uh, we ask our honorees to reach out with one of those tags to a family member and to present it, uh, sometimes in person, uh, many times it's by mail, uh, but to include a note of what it meant to ride with that honorees tags uh, throughout the week. And, you know, we tell stories of, uh, the physical exertion uh, of the route, uh, you know, sometimes it's the the mental anguish uh, of being out there. Uh, you know, we love hearing stories about the honorees and learning about them. Uh, so it's, it's just our little way of giving back to the families uh, to let them know that, that that their loved ones who are gone are truly not forgotten. Yeah, it's 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 um, it's, it's quite a uh, uh, you know emotional experience when. When family members are there, you know, at when you are uh, riding through and you know at the ceremony, um, it's uh, been witness to that. Or um, even when you, you follow up after, which in years that I've done it, I've uh, known who the people are and you know sent you know a picture plus the dog tag to them afterwards and how much they appreciate that. So, 
Very nice. What what other traditions have developed over the years with the ride? Whether it's informal or formal, funny. Yeah, it, it's uh, you know you asked about our name in the Muddy Angel, and uh, you know I think there's a, definitely a tradition. We like people to know who we are, so you know, we always end every rest stop or lunch stop. We get a lot of our lunch stops are hosted by EMS and fire departments and hospital systems, and uh, we give them a little cheer. And uh, that's just a simple one, two, three. Then everybody uh, yells out the name Buddy Angels. Yes. And uh, uh, sometimes you're in between buildings uh, or we've been inside and you get a little echo of that. It's just, it's phenomenal. And, you know, I can say as a participant, as a rider, after you hear that, you're ready to jump back on that bike and go out and and, uh, crank out another 30 or 40 miles uh, for the afternoon. Yeah. It's very invigorating. Yes. Excellent. Well, um, this year has been a difficult one. Not only probably we'll see uh, more honorees next year with how COVID-19 has impacted many EMS agencies, uh, but also in, you know, rides being uh, canceled. And as of right now, what four of the five rides except for West Coast um, have been canceled this year. Um Talk about what uh, the board is looking at as far as something special for this 20th anniversary. Yeah, so, so like we said, the 20th anniversary for this year, uh, you know, with special logos done off, we, we're looking for some special merchandise for our participants, we're really just thanking everybody for supporting the organization and helping us to grow and get the word out there. So, you, you know, not that there's a good time for a pandemic, but this just seemed to be the, the worst time for us. Uh, we were so excited for this year uh, and, and when the pandemic hit. And I have to be honest, the first part of March, uh, you know, we, we, we still thought it would pass. We thought our, our routes would still happen. You know, we kind of self-support. We're out, outdoors. Uh, but boy, did that change in a hurry. And uh, by the middle of March, we had to make a decision or we decided to make a decision. Uh, for uh, East Coast, Southern, and Midwest, and we canceled them for the year. And then uh, just a few weeks ago, uh, Colorado, uh, you know, know, what's great is having participants from all across the country. We have great contacts where all these routes were, and uh, we were able to have a a conference call with the officials from the Colorado Department of Health and uh, their state EMS office and got some great guidance uh, from them. And it's with that guidance that, that we made, uh, once again, another difficult decisions to uh, cancel the Colorado route. Currently, our West Coast route, which kicks off the third week in, in September in Reno, Nevada, is still on the books. Uh, we're still promoting that. We're still taking registrations. Uh, we're still, uh, we'll be working in conjunction with the Nevada Department of Health and then the Colorado, or I'm sorry, the California State EMS office. Uh, we have a conference call lined up with them the first week in July and we'll be looking for their guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, but to keep, to keep the 20th celebration going and to keep our, our, our participants engaged is, you know, we are promoting a virtual route this year, uh, which just about every other in-person type of outdoor event across the country has been changed into a virtual platform. Uh, while we don't get to come together as a group, we're still going to ride and share stories and share videos and pictures, uh, just more from a social platform. 
Uh, we're still going to be reading the names of our honorees, uh, be it through uh, Zoom or Skype, and then promoting that out. Uh, but at the same time, our honorees for this year, we're going to ride for them in person next year as well. So, yeah. you know, as you said, you know, we're going to have a lot more honorees uh, so just from COVID in general, but we're also going to be doubling up years. So uh, next year is going to be a heavy toll for our participants. So I'd love to be able to double the number of participants for next year, uh, you know, just for the fact that we want to have a great showing for honorees from 2020 and unfortunately for those that are going to come in, in 2021. Yeah, that's a great point. And for the listeners out there and for people that I've been talking to for years, come on out, even if it's just for a day and, and ride. Uh, there's going to be uh, next year, you know, plenty of places to go to. Um, you, several organizations uh, sponsor the ride to get their names on the, on the Jersey or, or sponsor the, uh, uh, you know, the Midwest ride or one of the other routes. Um, tell us how sponsors help out in, in uh, putting on the rides. Um, and, you know, what, what are you doing this year because of the uh, uh, virtual ride as far as sponsorship? Yeah, I, I, Absolutely. You know, I, I tell folks that uh, they look at our registration costs, and for a whole week, our registration is $450. And what do you get for that $450? Well, you get two uh, distinct riding jerseys, a commemorative T-shirt. We do a challenge coin. You know, during the day, you know, we transport your luggage. We we make sure you have snacks and water, nourishment during the day, yep. and, and and a lunch stop. So when you look at what's involved, that's a lot. So you know, how do we keep it, keep those costs down? And that's through sponsorships. And uh, we have a couple long-term sponsors, uh, Paige, Wolfberg, and Worth have been not only great sponsors, but uh, Doug and Steve are both uh, Muddy Angels and annual participants on multiple routes with us. Uh, we got EMS World. Uh, they've been a long-time sponsor to help us getting the word out uh, through their uh, print and social uh, uh, footprint along with their, with their annual conference. So, you know, local route sponsors that help subsidize the food uh, that our, our support personnel need to go out and buy. You know, if you look at the, you know, what do you think it costs to provide lunch to 130 individuals uh, on, a, on a day and some, some that have special, uh, special dietary needs and so forth. So it, it, it takes a, takes a whole community to uh, keep everybody nourished and ready to go there. And that's what, from our sponsorship, you know, that helps underwrite the cost uh, because I want to keep our registration costs as low as possible because the other thing I say is we are cheap to participate with or cheap to register, but we're kind of expensive to participate uh, because you have travel costs and hotel costs uh, that are all on, on the individual uh, participants. Yeah. Uh, so once again, the more sponsors we have, the better chance we have of keeping the registration costs low and make sure that we're a great value for our, our participants. Yeah, and, and being a rider, there's plenty of food, and even if, uh, you know, with the lunches, but then a lot of times the EMS agencies or different places will um, serve food for us for, for dinner. So uh, there's not a lack of food to eat, uh, for sure. No, there's and, not. Yeah. And uh, there's a... You know, the hotel, you think of the hotel cost, but we usually get just phenomenal rates and always at places that you can bring your bike into the room and, you know, 
get it ready for the next day. So it, it's yeah. uh, really yeah. well done from that. So um, how is sponsorship going to work then for 2020 and 2021? Yes. Yeah, so, so we realize, you know, when you have a, an organization or a company that, that's a sponsor, you know, only is, is it, uh, you know, good, kind of a good business practice. They're looking for their return on their investment and, and and they get that through visibility, uh, through through the event. And and while we ex- still expect to have quite a few uh, participants in our virtual routes, we know that that our sponsors aren't going to get the in-person uh, visibility they normally get. So our, as a board, we decided to everybody who sp- signed up for 2020 for sponsors, we're going to roll them over also to 2021. So. You know, we have major jersey sponsors and minor jersey sponsors that are still going to be on the virtual jersey this year, but they're also going to be on the in-person jerseys for 2021. And uh, we still have space space available both for this year and for next year. And then especially for next year, we also do daily route sponsors. And once again, those daily route sponsors help under uh, undercut the cost of, of food and nourishment uh, on the daily routes. Yeah. And that's a... That's a real good for people that want to sponsor. It's really uh, you get two years for one, and even though it might not be the same disability, uh, the virtual ride riders will still get a jersey with all the uh, names on them. So um, correct, yeah. And the yeah it, deadline we're looking at is what July fifteenth, I believe. Yeah, July fifteenth for the uh, twenty twenty jersey. Yep. And then if, if anybody's interested both as a participant or as a sponsor, you can check out our website at www.nemsmbr.org. That stands for National EMS Memorial Bike Ride. Great. And I'll have that in the, the show notes, too, for people. Um, I wanted to cover one other thing. The uh, board recently updated uh, the uh, mission, vision, and core values of uh, the bike ride. Tell us about them. Yeah, actually, I need to give a shout out to yourself there, Edward, for really helping guide us through this process. Uh, you know, I think that know, was a group, that group process. Look, yeah. yeah, but uh, you, you provided some great leadership there. Uh, you know, anytime an organization is looking at their mission, their vision, and the core values, it, it's that's a big undertaking. And uh, you know, we spent hours going through this. Yes, uh, but you know, we look at our mission, which is through long distance. Bicycling events, we honor the service and commitment of EMS professionals. And, uh, you know, we look at that, not only our EMS professionals who have, have passed away, but we want to make sure that we get recognition out there for those that continue to serve on, on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, our vision, what, what do we see as the organization? And, you know, part of it is reducing illness and injury and mortality through recognition and promotion of physical and mental well-being. Mm-hmm. And, uh you know, sometimes I'm not sure if we're all mentally well because we're riding our bicycles for, uh, you know, <laughs> 90 plus miles on a daily basis. I'm not sure who actually does that. <laughs> oh, hold it. You, you, you and I do that. That's <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I, then, and then, what do we, what, what do we value? Uh, you know, every year on our jersey and on our coins, we have Semper Memoria. You know, what does Semper Memoria mean? It's we always remember. And, you know, that means we're always going to remember those that have gone before us. Uh, We look at wellness. We want to encourage healthy living. And, and, you know, 
pedaling our bikes on a daily basis that that encourages uh, healthy living and uh, you know awareness we want the general public to understand the risk faced by our industry professionals look look what healthcare has gone through in the last 90 days with yes. covid yes and and, and all the risk and uh, all of a sudden we've become superheroes uh, in everybody's eyes because you know our first responders and our healthcare professionals are going out and picking these patients up and, and treating patients who are highly contagious and you know we we have a risk there you know advocacy is uh, you know we support the efforts to reduce illness and injury through peer support and camaraderie and you know our rides have a lot of peer support as, as you know and uh, you know, I've made so many new friends that I know are going to be lifelong friends from throughout the country that without this ride, our paths would have never crossed. While we share a lot of the common goals and interests, it's because of these rides that now we have each other's friendship. Yep. And uh, another core value is honor. Is uh, you know We respect all emergency medical service professionals, their commitment to EMS, their families, and communities. And I don't know what more you have to say about that. Uh, you know, every one of us in a different background, uh, some by chance, such as myself. Uh, but in, in the end, we share so much of that, of that together. And it's the same way w with the bike ride. We all come there for a different reason, uh, whether that's to honor a family or friend who's lost their lives whether it's because you're coming to support a friend who was coming to ride or you just thought it'd be a cool thing to do. Uh, but once we come there, we come together a, 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 as one. Yes. And, and once in our final core values, compassion is you know, we offer sympathy and empathize with those who are suffering. Uh, and, you know, we suffer a lot on our bikes, uh, sometimes the backside more than the front side. Um, but seeing, as you said, seeing family members of those that we've lost and presenting their dog tags in person and learning about them, uh, if you don't have compassion when you come, you're definitely going to learn compassion uh, at the event. Yes, and I, I think the, you know, the recognizing the the families and you know, because EMS is, you know, as you said, they're on the front line, and COVID nineteen has put a a lot of people at risk are not even knowing if someone has COVID. How, how do you, you know, preparing for that? And then, you know, our, our um, healthcare providers in the hospital, especially the EDs and ICUs, to how, how much they've uh, uh, been a part of this. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to tell uh, the listeners uh, about the, the ride, Brian? Come out and spend a day with us. I just just uh, ask for your participation. I challenge you for your participation. As I said before, I only need you for one day. And once we have you for that one day, we'll have you hooked for life. I, I, I think we need to add that as a, uh, uh, a marketing thing, that come spend a day with us. I think that's so very true. Uh, as mm -hmm. you learned in your case and I learned in mine and I've learned from so many others too. So, so uh, have you been riding a lot this year? You, you know, our weather hasn't been great up until the last three or four weeks here in Western Pennsylvania. Yep. Uh, but I am getting out, uh, you know, two and three days a week 
for about Excellent. 20 miles a night, and it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, it's been kind of wacky weather up here. We get It's cool. It's been cold, cool, and then it gets real. It was like, again, the 90s. I went out Monday, and it was, you know, 97 by the end of the day. Just crazy for, for Minnesota. So. Mm-hmm. So, Brian, thank you uh, for taking the time to be on the podcast. Uh, really, very much appreciated it. I uh, really thank you for your passion and, and leadership of uh, the bike ride. Well, it is my pleasure to spend a little little bit of my afternoon uh, with yourself and, and your listeners here. And, uh, and once again, they, they can check us out from social media for National EMS Memorial Bike Ride and on our website at www.nems mbr.org. Thanks again, Brian. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Air Medical Today podcast. Please come back again and also subscribe to future shows by visiting the website at airmedtoday.com or on iTunes. Air Medical Today is also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and you can find the links on the website. Remember, if you would like to be a sponsor or provide feedback, please write to webmaster at airmedtoday.com or call 612-367-6052. A special thanks to Stanley Reeves of Room Tunes for providing his song, Track 5, for use as the theme song of the podcast. You can follow Stan on Facebook at facebook.com slash stanley.reeves.39. Take care and fly safe.